This is episode number 362 of the Inner Fight Podcast with Matt James. Welcome back to another edition of the Inner Fight Podcast, folks. Thanks for joining us. No matter where you are in the world, we appreciate that you've tuned in. Massive shout out to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. This week, we're going to hear from Matt James from Jack Gymnastics. Matt James, welcome to the Inner Fight Podcast. Or as we were saying before we started there, Jack James, Jack Gymnastics. Matt Gymnastics. <laughs> we'll just call yeah, you Matt. You just, yeah, it was, it was a mistake to begin with, and now it's just an ongoing joke that everybody calls me Jack. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah. Mate, give us a little bit of background. Who are you? What's Jack Gymnastics? And what do you do? I think that's the best place to kick it off. Yeah. Um, so my name is Matt James. Um, so growing up, I was a, a national level gymnast. Right. Um, so I was in the. Am I close enough? Yeah, I that's was good. In the, uh, yeah, we can hear. You. Great British Junior National Squad. Wow. Um, for several years. Yeah. So I competed in like a number of national and international competitions growing up. Um, I stopped doing that and I moved to table tennis. Played professionally for a couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. As we just found. How old? How old were you when you stopped gymnastics? Um, I was seventeen. Around 17, 18. And how old are you now? Uh, I'm 26 now. Okay. Yeah. So I stopped quite young. I probably should have carried on for a bit longer and kind of seen where it went. I think for most um, people, when you say it like that, I, I don't think that's start stopping quite young. Like nowadays, people stop doing their sports when they're like 12 or 15. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, true, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's, I it's think a, um, it's a bit of a mess. How, how did you get into it though, mate? Like what, what age were you start? Were you when you started gymnastics then? Um, I was five or six. Wow. I can't remember exactly. Um, it's kind of a weird story. <laughs> Go really on then. Let's anything, have it. It's just a bit strange. So I hurt my finger. Um, right. I think I broke my finger or something. And my mum took me to get it checked. Yeah. And they said to my mum that I had flexible fingers and that I would be good <laughs> at gymnastics. <laughs> no uh, which, way. Uh, so I think they might have got that judgment a little bit wrong because yeah. I don't think it helps you that much. But uh, yeah, that was it. So I was doing other sports like swimming and diving. Yeah. And my mum was like, yeah, why not? pretty good base for everything else so yeah um, she put me into it and and that was that what are your first memories of gymnastics as a five-year-old what sort of stands out and still sticks with you to this day um i mean when i first started i wasn't in the greatest of gyms to be honest um so we didn't have great facilities um i think the thing that stands out the most was that we cried a lot (laughs) (laughs) so like i'm not kidding either they pushed us really hard and like with all the flexibility and mobility stuff i mean you can push kids harder generally because yeah they adapt better but yeah. um it was it was tough um yeah and what what was the when you started sort of what was the objective of the coaches pushing you that hard did they were you, were you in a were you in an organization in a gym that they wanted to produce like top level athletes or how what was the background on that yeah i think it's had something to do with that um it, it's one of those sports that you don't really i mean no one really starts doing gymnastics for fun Right, it's something you generally start at a younger age. I mean, it's changing a bit now with CrossFit and yeah. the gymnastic elements yeah, there. Right. But it's something you generally start with quite young. And the, the goal is really to kind of progress and get up to a, a good level. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something to do with that. Um, I think the other reason is discipline. Right? Just like teaching the discipline from a young age. Yeah. Because right? yeah. that, that sticks as you grow up. Um, so I think that's a big part of it as well. And how would training look like for five-year-old gymnasts? Yeah, that's what like, I was going to come to. Like, I know, you know, when kids play soccer, they have a ball and they run around and play. But for gymnasts, how, like, how's the training structures? Do you start with, like, our young age, we need to build, like, you know, your mobility or we need to build, like, that base foundation? Or are you just thrown up in the rings? and uh, A bit of both. So, okay. 
Um, we do a lot of conditioning and work a lot on the basics. Right? And so conditioning, just, like when we think conditioning, we oh think yeah, yeah, running yeah. and rowing and no, no, burpees. Not that conditioning. Yeah, like okay. we, we used to call it conditioning, but it's like gymnastic strength training, effectively. Okay. Um, so we'd work a lot on that and just a lot of time on the basics, right? Like handstands, presses to handstands. We do rope climbs, like muscle ups, those yeah. kind of things, just to build that base. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a bit different to if you were going to take an adult now and put them into gymnastics. Right, and that's we can come on to it, but that's kind of part of the problem with not the problem, but the challenge with CrossFit is that people don't have that base. Their connective tissue isn't strong. Um, they're trying to move their body weight, but they're not they're but not built for it. Why is it different? Um, don't you just have to start as if you're five years old? Yeah, you do to a certain extent, but you're lighter, so everything's a bit relative. Your connective tissue is generally a bit stronger, and it yeah. adapts faster relative to your weight. So the volume um, needs to be to the volume exactly, yeah. and because you're starting from scratch and building up the bases, just <laughs> over time it will naturally happen. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so just building that basic strength, like con when you say connective tissue, can you explain, like, what's the difference between connective tissue and the muscle tissue, and why is it important to build both? Yeah. Um, so when we talk about connective tissue, I mean it's it's kind of a, a range of a few different things, but we're mostly talking about tendons and ligaments, yeah. effectively. Um, so just like building that strength through the joint, so that you can actually put force through the joint safely. And, right? and how so, is that done? Um, so I think like, the one way to do it is eccentrics. Yeah. Right? So you just jump up to the top of pull-up and just go down as slow as you can, as yeah. an example. Yeah? So just that lowering phase to build that strength. Um, the other way, and the way that I use a lot, is isometric holds. Yeah. Right? And particularly straight arm work. Right? So you, if you do anything straight arm, if you try and do like a planche progression or something, you'll, and you're not experienced it before, you'll really feel the pressure building up in your elbow. Yeah. Right? It's just that strength and conditioning of the joint. Um, effectively I think the the reason that people fall into problems is because connective tissue just takes so much longer to adapt than muscular tissue does yeah right? um, just as simple as that there's limited blood flow to connective tissue so the ad adaptation process takes much longer and so um, that's the healing process if you so break it process. yeah exactly yeah and it's also a, a bit of a double-edged sword in a way right because you can't it also means you can't hammer it as hard right it's got to be more progressive okay um, to just like build up gradually to build that that strength in the connective tissue Right. So in gymnastics, when we talk about connective tissue and we talk about muscle tissue and we talk about the development of the different things, you mentioned different progressions or levels that you have to go through to be able to add more volume or more advanced movements. You and me, we already spoke about the, the three kind of different levels of or how different areas where you can progress gymnastics. The methods in. of progression. Yeah. Try to yeah. talk to us about um, that. Yeah. So, I mean... So this is, this is specific to everything in gymnastics. Um, it's a bit more specific to strength training. Yeah. Right? So when you, when you take a dynamic movement, like a kipping movement, you then start bringing in coordination, spatial awareness, all these different things. Um, but fundamentally, there's, there's three areas. Um, so first is mechanical advantage. Right? So if you think of your body as a, a lever, right, you can shorten or lengthen that lever by yeah. changing your body shape, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so if you stand up straight, your lever is at its longest. If you go in a straddle, you, sh you start to shorten that lever. If and that means tuck, putting your legs out to the side. Putting your legs out yeah. to the side. Yeah, if you then tuck your knees up, you then shorten that lever even more. Yeah. Um, and all that's doing is just shifting your center of mass. Right? So the longer that your lever, effectively, the further your center of mass um, is from the place that you're exerting force. Yeah. Right, so let's take a, a simple example. Imagine you're in the top of a push-up position. Mm. Yeah. Um, you're kind of exerting force at the shoulder joint. That's what's keeping you in place and stopping you from falling down to the floor. Yeah. Right. So your center of mass is quite far back. I don't know where exactly, but probably around your like your bum, like around that level. Yeah, like kind of around your core. 
Um, by straddling your legs or tucking up, moving your knees closer in, you're just shifting your centre of mass closer to that point where you're exerting force. Right, and because it's closer, you then effectively don't need to exert as much force, which is strength, effectively, because um, gravity is not putting you down as much. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just about, it's about shifting the centre of mass closer to the, the joint that's exerting the force to hold you in place or do the movement, whatever it is, um, to scale it or upscale it, yeah. basically. So that's why, for um, example, would scale a push-up to just be on the knees, on the for floor. example. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we can basically do that with every single movement. Yeah, fundamentally, especially yeah. with like, isometric holds and strict movements. Right? It's a bit more complicated with keeping movements because of the dynamic sense, yeah. but, um, but fundamentally, yeah. And I guess it's sort of the same in weightlifting, like having a barbell overhead versus having it on your back. Yeah. It, it makes it a yeah. lot easier just having it on your back because it's close to that center of mass. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Point um, number two? Point number two, so resistance. Right, so obviously we're not usually having external loads with gymnastics. Right? It's not like weightlifting where you have the external load of a barbell. Um, but you're still moving your body weight, right, which is effectively quite heavy. Um, so you can just find ways of reducing or using more of your body weight through the movement, if that makes sense. Yeah, so as an example, you can do a strict muscle-up on the rings. You can then put your feet on a box and do a strict muscle-up. Yeah. Right, and because some of your weight is resting on that box, you don't have to lift as much of your body weight, so it's, it's easier, effectively. Yeah. Um, so that one's pretty, pretty straightforward. You just yeah. have to be a bit creative in finding different ways to do it for different movements. I mean, CrossFit, they, they do start like putting extra weight on you like with the weighted vest we've seen at this year's regionals and those kind of things. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to see how that will evolve um, with new new objects. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's good. Um, it'll be interesting, for sure. Do you think people in CrossFit in general are ready for external weights such as a weighted vest, even at the elite level? Uh, not really, <laughs> to be honest. In what sense? I think it's... The problem is this, like going back to, if we take the connected tissue as an example, yeah, right. let's say you're doing butterfly pull-ups and your technique isn't great. So we'll take the first right. event from regionals this year. Yeah, as example. an example. Yeah. Right. So let's say like you're doing butterfly pull-ups and your technique isn't great. right? So every time you come down to the hang position, you're kind of dropping a bit heavy. Yeah. Right. That's going to take its toll on your joints. right? Um, and then we add the element of external load, like the weighted vest. It just kind of makes it worse and worse yeah. and worse, more force putting you down. right? Yeah. Um, and like, I, don't know, I don't know this for certain, and I'm not like, an expert in physiology or anything like that, but I, I think that might have had something to do with the amount of pec tears at regionals, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, just because you hang there in the bottom and exactly. the whole thing yeah. just get lengthened and straightened out a bit more. Yeah, exactly. Right? That was the event before, yeah. and it's just opening and stretching here. Right? If you're moving yeah. a bit badly, you're a bit stiff in that position, um, it just kind of weakens the... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, but that's... So if you have a new member that, want, that just started CrossFitting, you do one strict pull-up, and they, they see some of the competitors just banging out butterfly pull-ups, would you let them learn butterfly pull-ups and start implementing, or is it just like a complete no-go? No. Um, I think you can start going through the progressions, right? So if we take a butterfly pull-up as an example, there's a certain level of spatial awareness and coordination mm. that you need to have in place. Right, so even if you haven't got the strength yet, you can still start working through very basic drills just to practice the movement. Yeah. And like that coordination awareness is going to hand over to everything else anyway. Yeah. Um, but you need that strength in place. Right? And, and ultimately, you're only going to plateau anyway. Right? Yeah. If, you, if you take, I don't know, let's just take a simplistic example. Strength is kind of the base for muscular endurance, for gymnastics. Right? Like if, you're, if you're doing something like cycling, right, it's different ends of the spectrum. Right? So it's a bit different. With gymnastics, you're only going to do 30, 40, 50 reps unbroken. Right, so that's much closer to that 1RM effectively. Yeah. Right, so if you take someone that can do, 
let's say you never train strict ring dips unweighted right but you just train like heavy like one two three up to five rm weighted dips right? if you can do a one rm dip with 75 kilos around your waist right, you're going to be able to do a lot of strict ring dips and that's because you've got that base of strength first yeah right so i think there's only if you don't have that strength in the first place there's only so far you're going to be able to get with the kind of endurance side of gymnastics anyway so, so what we say is the, is the kind of the benchmarks for people to be able to move on to the next step. Let's just take a, they want to learn a, a, uh, a muscle up, a ring muscle up. I think that's a big goal for most people. What are the standards before they even try to like try to get up there, like winging it up, chicken winging it up, or like do they need to be able to do 10 strict pull-ups or a backflip or whatever? <laughs> Um, back backflip. That's first. It usually helps. Double. You could do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I think I usually say five and five, right? Five strict pull-ups, five strict dips. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit. Cons- uh, yeah, like I, I would, I would say more in an ideal situation, but it just people don't want to, people don't want to wait that long and too impatient. And right, r- so I've kind of met in the middle a bit. And w- um, <laughs> that's kind of safe enough. But I think for for a kipping muscle up the most important thing is more the stability right so being able to hold the bottom of the dip position as an example like comfortably yeah i think that's where most of the injuries happen with say kipping pull up right if you're not comfortable and strong in that position you haven't got good shoulder extension mobility to catch there right and then you're kind of dynamically throwing yourself around a bit because the (laughs) technique's usually not that great right and then they kind of throw themselves into that position that's when they start to fall through and and things like that right so i think specific to a, a kipping muscle up i would say stability in the bottom of the dip position is like one of the most important things yeah. i look for as a foundation to begin with you you mentioned earlier that the people are not like patient enough to wait for be to be able to do more than five five and five why is that like in any of the sport you know that you know if you want to run a marathon you need to train for it or hopefully in most cases why is it not in gymnastics yeah um i'm not sure because i mean like in artistic gymnastics it is very yeah. much like that no everyone appreciates the process right? yeah um I think it's I think it's so much that people don't appreciate the process but it's just the culture of CrossFit I think. Yeah. Like the classes you come in the class there's a wad with muscle ups. Yeah. And like people just want to be able to do it. Yeah. They don't want to hang around and get it right to begin with they just want to get it done. Yeah. Effectively. And you um, think like some can you kind of say that some coaches or it happens a bit around the world that coaches tend to sell people like that a little bit of success feeling or short feeling of success like by pushing somebody up in a ring muscle up and then they're up and they're gonna like I almost did a ring muscle up today but really they didn't and they're not at all ready for it like should coaches be really careful with like exposing members or in general clients to to that feeling of success yeah I mean it, it kind of the benefit is that they get that confidence yeah right? there's like I, in the seminars I often like support people through the reps yeah. Like just because it's important for them to, um, for, for a lot of people, it's not a strength issue, right? They just don't have the coordination and awareness to be able to do it, right? So by supporting them through the reps, they kind of, they get that, a feel for it of what they need to do effectively in each position, yeah. right? So it's definitely worthwhile doing. Um, I think like the biggest problem, to be honest, is that people, people just miss stages in the progression, right? So what happens is they'll come in and learn a muscle up. Right, and let's say they can do, let's say they learn three unbroken muscle ups. Right, their technique probably isn't great. Um, and then what do they do? They come into the class and then they start doing muscle ups in something like Amanda. Yeah. 
Right. And then they wonder why they're standing around failing reps and not getting the right stimulus for the workout. Yeah. It's because you're not ready to put muscle-ups in the workout. Yeah. Right. And that sounds obvious, but yeah. still no one really does it. Right. And that's kind of one of the things in the programming that I like to try and get people to do is just to make that a bit more of a gradual process. You just build up right, and think about the longer, like the bigger picture, basically. Yeah. Um, so like you learn muscle-ups, you get the technique right. And then before you start throwing in high-intense Metcons, right, just put it in with a simple, like, low-eccentric, monostructural movement, like a row, right, or a bike. Yeah. And not even at a fast pace. So the heart rate's still, it's elevated, but it's not really high. Like something like zone two? Exactly, yeah, yeah like zone two, zone three, max. Um, and then you can just focus on technique, right? And then once you can get, keep your technique in that environment, in that scenario, then we can start increasing the intensity, right? And then we can start including other like compound movements with eccentric loading yeah. right and i just i just see that as the process to build someone up to be able to doing a muscle up to being competitive in that skill right but i think people miss that that middle stage completely yeah, i'd agree <laughs> yeah i'd agree a lot i mean you every time that uh, this is the funny thing though like within crossfit every time that some or most of the time nine out of ten times that someone gets their first muscle up it'll probably be like in a workout where it's gone was the one from the open a few years yeah, ago open, yeah. war balls you know like how many people war balls double unders muscle ups how many people got their first muscle up in that stage under absolute smoked fatigue yeah like there's a chance if you're unable to do a muscle up your double unders are probably not that good and yeah. it's probably taking you about seven or eight minutes to do 150 war balls you know and then they get there and then like first muscle up and Everyone's celebrating all the first muscle-ups, but no one's talking about all the ripped shoulders that have come yeah, out yeah. from, <laughs> yeah. from yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And all that Mate, adrenaline. And, yeah. when, when you sort of... When you found CrossFit and yeah. obviously saw the gymnastic side of it, and, I mean, obviously we're talking about some of the dangerous things going on here, you must have just gone, holy shit, this is, this is just weird, what's going on here. Like, you've done gymnastics for, for 12 years at a high level, and they're just bastardizing every single movement. What, talk us through sort of that process and, and what it was like for you. Yeah, I mean, so when I first came, when I f kind of saw CrossFit yeah. and started doing it, I was kind of in that typical like gymnast bracket of, I kind of thought it was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. All like, the kipping movements, I was like, that's not gymnastics and all this stuff. Yeah. But I kind of like, it, it grew on me a lot. Yeah. And like, I, I kind of like fell in love with CrossFit and that's why I started doing this, right? I started doing CrossFit myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the this is the point as well. Like, I think people in CrossFit we call it gymnastics, yeah, right. And it's good that you have a base in gymnastics. It hands over like tremendously well to CrossFit for sure, right. But if you look at the two as separate kind of entities, they're actually very different. Yeah, I like gymnastics. Like artistic gymnastics is very much anaerobic. Yeah, whereas CrossFit is very much aerobic. Right. Um, artistic gymnastics is primarily straight arm movements. Right, there's right. actually not that much bent arm movements in True. gymnastics, yeah. um, whereas in CrossFit, pretty much everything's bent arm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like in artistic gymnastics, like kind of that pure strength is much yeah. more important. If you take the rings just as an example, yeah. Right, you're holding positions in where your muscles can't contract effectively, right? And that's why it's difficult. Yes. Um, so, and I mean, in CrossFit, again, it's just it's more endurance based, right? You're trying to do low skill movements for multiple reps over yep. and over again, right? Yeah. So, I think like it's I think it's important that, and I think it benefits to have that base in gymnastics, um, but you just need to know how to transfer it to CrossFit. Right. I think, and I think that's where people get it wrong a bit as well. I think you've got a lot of 
gymnastics experts that don't understand CrossFit, and then you've got a lot of CrossFit experts that don't really understand gymnastics. I think it's the yeah, bridge right. between the two that, that people... Talk us through with, your right? introduction and sort of progression in CrossFit then. How did, how did you come into it, and, and sort of how do you... How do you look at it different? Because I actually hear like your point of view is a lot different to a lot of other people as well. And a lot of the gymnasticy people are just like, "Yeah, this is terrible," blah blah blah. But you've actually just explained it like how different gymnastics is yeah. to what we're seeing in CrossFit. Whereas normally they're like, "Yeah, th- you guys are doing gymnastics wrong," but actually it's, it's, we're not doing. We're not doing yeah, gymnastics. CrossFit, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually it's the different. first time I've ever heard anyone put yeah. it like that. Genius. So talk, <laughs> talk to us about your entry like into into crossfit mate and and then what you saw and why you started jack gymnastics yeah um so it's kind of a friend of a friend um so one of my always is best, yeah always <laughs> is. one of my best friends um played professional rugby and the guy that owned the box played rugby as well so, right um kind of met him and started doing crossfit um and then i mean like from my personal perspective i picked up the movements relatively quickly right and i think that base in gymnastics helped with weightlifting and coordination things, right? yeah. yeah exactly yeah like i wasn't i didn't have a strong lower body or anything like that right but um, is that because you'd you'd maintained good movement around joints despite being like because i mean for, like andre says like 12 years old 15 years old people stop playing sport or maximum 18 years old and then we go into this position but you yeah. sort of maintain that good position is that what helped you think yeah i think so yeah, yeah. and it, it's like don't get me wrong when you stop it goes away pretty quick right um but then equally it, it starts to come back fast as well yeah right? so um yeah but i think that that's definitely what helped yeah right i think people yeah, like you said, people stop doing sports at a young age and then they come and sit around a desk and yeah. sit on there like this all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like their shoulders yeah. are protracted and yeah. that kind of just creates problems in itself. So, yeah, What we say like defines a gymnast? Like when, when a gymnast enters CrossFit, what can you say is great about gymnasts? Like sh- obviously a strong core, mobility or... Yeah, I think like mobility, upper body strength, um, chicken legs, like cool, yeah, chicken <laughs> legs, yeah, weak lower bodies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, for me, I think like the coordination and the spatial awareness is probably yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. Right. Like I think, see, if I look at when I was doing gymnastics, we never did keeping movements. Right. I didn't when I came into CrossFit. I didn't know what a butterfly pull-up was. Right. right. Um, you don't do keeping ring muscle-ups in gymnastics <laughs> or anything like that. Right. So, but I was able to obviously, like, I could kind of do it from the beginning and pick it up very fast, and I was be able to get to a point, like, relatively fast, without really training it to be able to do quite a lot of. Unbroken muscle ups. How many can um, you do? Uh, I can do fifty on the bar. Fifty um, unbroken bar muscle ups. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we sign up? <laughs> strict. That's a good question. No, not strict. Um, oh, then I don't want to sign uh, up. <laughs> never mind. Um, ring, it. ring. I don't know. Um, I need to test because people keep asking me, but I'm not sure. I think I was with. Um, I was at JST last week. Um, we were putting some gymnastic stuff together, talking through a few programming ideas. Um, we tested a few workouts. Um, we did a one-minute max rep of ring muscle-ups. Uh, I did 25, and it felt not too hard. So I think probably like 35, but I, I don't know. Wow. I have to, to test it. Yeah. They're pretty knockout yeah. stats. I'd, I'd have all of those probably <laughs> on the front of the T-shirt. <laughs> like, I would probably tell or, everyone or about or it. Or at least on a card. This is where you can see I've just done 35 in a minute. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's some really yeah. impressive yeah. stats. Um, 
What was the biggest shock as you entered CrossFit, like physically? Where did you lack the most? Um, engine based. So engine. I know that's kind of broad because it's not engine is kind of a broad spectrum. But yeah, it's that like you don't have that aerobic base from doing gymnastics. Really? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing as well. Like you'll let's take the open as an example. Like, a workout will come up. It's quite heavy in gymnastics, and everyone messages me like, "Oh, you're gonna like win this event." <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, oh, come on, let's not be stupid. Yeah. It's like, but the, the problem is, like, unless you have that aerobic base, like the gymnastics doesn't really shine through. Yeah. Right. Like I'll do okay in those events because the gymnastics is good. Yeah. Right. But without that aerobic fitness. You, yeah, it just doesn't. The it's almost like shine. getting a, a, a weightlifter yeah. and getting to do. Like I remember yeah. when uh, there was all those snatches in the second open. I think it might have been in 2012 where it started super light and the bars got heavier and heavier. Like 30, 30, 30, or something it, like yeah. that. And yeah, and uh, one of my friends who had like 125 kilo snatch. Like he he lifted since he was younger, and literally by the second bar he was just gassed, yeah. just absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the first bar was thirty kilos, I think, something yeah. like that. It was it was absolutely yeah. nothing. So yeah, it's very, it is very yeah. interesting how they and that highlights the differences that you're talking about as well. Yeah, and I think the, I think the biggest thing on a competitive level, just kind of going back to that point a bit, that people struggle with or people lack is their kind of like their lactate threshold but specific to gymnastic skills yes if that makes sense right so i think it's obviously a complicated topic in itself because effectively your lactate threshold is going to be different depending on the movement yeah, yeah. right because how, yeah. which muscles you're using how much muscle mass like whether it's fast switch or slow twitch dominant right but gymnastics in general um they're not that big muscle groups right and they're quite isolated the ones you're using and yeah. because you're using your body weight you tend to be a bit more fast switch dominant when you're doing those movements so that lactate builds up really really fast super fast yeah. yeah and that's why people hit the wall so fast it's like people do strict handstand push-ups all of a sudden they miss a rep and then they're out done. for like two minutes yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah and that's and people haven't trained properly to yeah. kind of like teach their body to like flush and reuse that lactate as fuel effectively how do you do that because i think that's something that people would be very interested to i mean you know you you come and you take handstand push-up you do a strict handstand push-up and you do you know you do 10 unbroken and yeah. then literally okay you have a rest and then you do two. Yeah. So how do you, we understand why, but how do you train that? Or how, how would you develop that, mate? Yeah, um, so it's actually kind of going back to the reason I was at JST last week. It's one of the things we were discussing a lot, um, yeah. is doing this specific to gymnastics. So, um, and we put something together, and basically what we, we kind of came up with was um, testing it through a five-minute max AMRAP. Right, so what we tried to take was, you can do it through a max set, right. um, but the problem is, it needs to be specific to CrossFit, right? And if you take a typical CrossFit workout, your max set isn't going to be enough volume for most people that what you're going to do in the workout. No. Right. right. So let's take any exercise, any CrossFit workout. The most you're probably going to be doing an exercise for is like five minutes at a time. Yeah. Right. In total across the, um, across the whole the workout. workout. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we start with a five minute test. Um, and then it's kind of three phases. So the first phase is like what we call the non-interference phase. Right, so we'll take a percentage of that max set, yeah. right, and that will just basically increase each week. So we'll actually right. keep the volume the same, but the density will change, right? right. Because the percentage will, in, will increase effectively. Right. Um, and we do like non-interference movements, right? So um, the first phase will be something like, let's say, handstand push-ups, strict handstand push-ups, yeah. and then it will be active pace row, like active recovery pace row. Yeah. Right. So just like really, really slow, um, but just starting to teach your body to learn how to clear that lactate flush it out out, basically yeah Yeah. um 
So we'll cycle through like that. And then phase two is kind of like minimal interference, but still like a little bit of interference there, right? So here <laughs> we'll start using um, like isometric holds or like core work right. as an example. Uh, so it's not really if we take strict hands push pushups again, um, doing a hollow hold in between. Yep. It's going to interfere a bit more than a recovery pace row, right. Right? but it's not really going to affect the handstand push-ups right. that much, right? Yep. It's a different muscle group. Um, and then the last phase, again, like similar process, but you just start using movements that interfere more. Right. Um, so we'll take something, again, something easy, right? But something that you can keep moving in the rest. Yep. Um, and it just starts to clear that lactate without building up more. Right. right? So as an example, just how super easy it is, um, for kipping ring muscle-ups, we'll do a set. And then we'll just take the rings out of the straps and just hold them like this. And we'll just practice that movement in the rest. Right. right so you're still doing the same movement pattern. So your body gets used to flushing the lactate, doing the same movement pattern. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it doesn't like, it's not fatiguing you yep. so much that you can't carry on, basically. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that's like, that's the cycle that we're working that's, on. Um, super interesting. It's, yeah, it's going to be, it's really interesting. We've like tested a lot of it out ourselves and on different athletes. Um, but I, yeah, I'm really kind of confident. Where did about you this, come so. up with that? Did you just think of it, or is it something that you learnt through your gymnastics background, or that you've studied, or like, where do you come up with these ideas? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the idea about lactate threshold specific to gymnastics was Steve. Um, right. So Steve reached out to me and Stephen said, Fawcett. Steve Fawcett, yeah, yeah. GST, um, and he said, like, look, do you want to come and basically meet up? And I was doing a bit of work with them on their gymnastics anyway, yeah. um, and we'll just go through and work something out for a program right he kind of had some ideas and and how it'd work and then we just went through all the movements and put something together wow. um, i mean like i don't i don't claim to be an expert in physiology or anything like that for sure and i don't claim to be right but yeah just through like research that we've done but ourselves and testing and, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right so um just from what's worked from athletes ourselves and the research that we've done i think that's um, that's sort of the best way because in crossfit really. today like yeah, we, no one really knows. Nobody right? knows. They like say they do, but they... So, yeah. Marcus Philly comes earlier. up with this functional bodybuilding and everyone wants to do it. Yeah. yeah. And is it going to benefit you? Well, yeah, of course it is. Because it's a program and it's yeah. discipline and they're yeah. good movements and they're helping you in, in different planes of motion than we're using yeah. in CrossFit. So yeah. everyone thinks, oh, I do this for three months and I get way better at CrossFit. And you would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the only thing you can do is just, you know, stay open-minded and, you know just keep researching and keep like yeah, your head in the game and see yeah. see what happens and like like you said what a, instead of testing a max set and then retesting one month again like let's see how many you can do five minutes because yeah. if you look yeah. at a thousand crossfit workouts with toaster bars you're approximately, approximately going to be working for that three or five minute gap that you're talking about yeah, yeah absolutely uh, yeah right. exactly um and and just to like kind of reiterate to what we were speaking about earlier as well this is kind of like the final stage of that progression, yeah. Whatever you, the third it. one, um, yeah. That's the um, third pillar, or? And, and on the it's the third pillar. But yeah. when we talk about like building that foundation, do that foundation stuff, like the strength, getting the skill right, and building it in gradually, this is kind of like the the end point, right? right? So if you're periodizing it, this is like the last point. Or if you're developing an athlete from like the beginning, getting their first muscle up to all the way to the end, that's like the last point. Right? Like people that don't have good technique with their gymnastics can't do a reasonable number unbroken. Then they don't really have any business doing that end of the spectrum <laughs> five minute max so kind of like push more yeah. at the competitive level yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, mate talk to us a little bit about jack gymnastics when did it start what does it do where do people find you do you actually get jacked from doing yeah, it like it's a pretty big statement <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on yeah i know i think this is, this is also 
Yeah, so people call me Jack, and everybody <laughs> thinks that I call it Jack Gymnastics because they think that I'm jacked. And I don't at all. I'm not. But uh, your name I, is not Jack, <laughs> and you're not jacked. <laughs> no, unfortunately, false. Um, Good at gymnastics. False so. marketing. <laughs> yeah, I think the idea of the name really initiated because it's kind of basically like CrossFit. Um, so a lot like the athletes that we're working with, a lot of the programming seminars that we're doing are like geared towards CrossFit gymnastics. Right. Yeah. Um, and like the good thing about CrossFit is if you take a gymnast, just like a pure gymnast on their own, they're, despite what you might think, because they're all standing next to each other on TV, so they look the same size, like they're, they're pretty fucking tiny. Are they? Um, yeah, they're yeah. generally pretty small. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the, the thing that got me about CrossFit and why like I started Trey. liking it. It's like, yeah, it's pretty skinny and kind of pale. And just yeah. like Trey. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Reset. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut this off. No, we won't. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of why I, I, I like the idea of CrossFit because it's, it's not only doing the gymnastics elements, but it's you've got like guys that are a lot or girls that are a lot bigger and weigh a lot more than typical gymnasts. Right? Yeah. You have to do all these other things. You need to be like lower body strength and all these, all these different things. Yeah. Um, so it's like the combination of those things, right? Which is why I kind of came up with the name Jack Gymnastics because it's generally more jacked people yeah. doing gymnastics. Yeah. Very cool. Um, in terms of when it started, about 14, 15 months ago. Right. Um, so I actually had no kind of interest or anything in doing it when I first started, started CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and then after about a year into CrossFit, people just kind of started asking me for help and kind of, yeah, like I said, I should probably start doing these seminars and programming and stuff like this. Yeah. Um, I was working full-time in something different. I kind of wasn't enjoying it. I wanted to get out of that right. anyway. Um, so I just kind of went with it, to be honest. Uh, I just started... <laughs> things just pretty happened pretty quickly, in all honesty. Um, yeah. I made an Instagram account, started posting some drills and some like technique tips and stuff like that. Yeah. Which grew quite quickly. And then uh, before I knew it, I was starting to do seminars. And but you're just a, an independent brand. You, you do programming for people. You yeah. do seminars. You're not a gym as such. So people no. can't come to the Jack Gymnastics gym, but they can get all different services or, or come and see you in a seminar setting. Oh, yeah. And what different um, services do you have? Yeah, so we, um, it's on the website. We've got a few different programs. Um, we have an open peak program, yep. right, which is athletes that want to peak towards the open. Um, we have a year-round program, which is for those that want to do multiple competitions throughout the year. Right, um, and they're not like fundamentally that different from each other. Right, it's still gymnastics. Right, yeah. but it's just like what we we're talking about earlier, just periodizing it a bit more towards the open. Yeah. Right. Um, we have a gymnastic strength and conditioning program, which is just like basically pure gymnastics, so strict movements and like progressions to towards the more advanced skills, right? right. Like Press the handstand stuff like that. Um, and then we have a scale program, right, which there's some prerequisites on the website for people that that's that's relevant too but people that don't really have all the skills yet in crossfit and want to want to learn them yeah um yeah we should really uh ask a couple of questions on the show notes because you sp- i know you spend <laughs> a lot of time on these mate and we've just, we're 35 <laughs> minutes in and we sort of well we've done the intro and <laughs> but mate one that i wanted to to pick out on that i think is quite interested uh, what are the three exercises that you think people should do more of and how should they implement it i think this is one of the biggest things because we kind of do want to get better with shortcuts. Yeah. I know there is no shortcut, but I think a lot of people just need like, okay, if you want to get better at gymnastics, we know that you should have a program and we know you should be patient and stuff, but life's not really like that. I also want to get better at rowing, running, yeah. weightlifting, all of that. So what, what would be three exercises that you think people could implement that would just really help their gymnastics work? Yeah, I think, so the first one, um, 
for more from like a foundational perspective, right? So again, so people aren't getting injured all the time. Yeah. Um, and just like a simple thing to do, it builds like really good shoulder endurance. Um, it's something they came up with called gymnastic swimming. Yeah. Um, so uh, did I don't you really know how to explain that? this. Yep. But yeah. Is that where Hesketh stole it from? Yep. Thief. Did he? Where yeah. is he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you should have seen it when the first time we put it in class. I actually didn't realize it came from you. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it's like it's perfect, you at the start. It, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't take long, right? And it's, it's just really good for like shoulder endurance, shoulder health. Yeah. Right? We're talking about everyone having their shoulders protracted. Just pulls your shoulders back yeah. and you start moving in that position. Um, that's something I'd definitely recommend people do. Where so, did you... Um, sorry, you, you get on your chest. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to explain. Feet on the yeah. floor. And then you do whatever. You do breast, breast swimming, freestyle. Yeah, so the, the sequence is... I mean, there's different things you can do and you can yeah. change out. But the sequence what I usually do is... Um, I get people to put their head down on the floor. Yeah. Right? So you can do it in an arch position. Um, but the reason I get people to put their head down on the floor is just because it, it just isolates the shoulders. Gives them less to think about. Probably yeah. doesn't um, make their neck crook as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, the first part is you just hold, right? So, yeah, I don't know how to explain this. Um, you kind of got, like, a right angle at your, your elbow. Yeah. Imagine you're laying angle. front yeah. and prone, and you're going to retract your shoulders back to so lift your elbow and your hands off the floor. Yep. Um, you're going to hold that position um, for 30 seconds. You can go 20 reps front crawl. So, just like you would swim normally, yep. keeping your hands off the ground. Um, 20 reps breaststroke. Again, just how you'd swim. And the last one, just like moving up and down. So you just pull further into retraction, lower down a bit, and so on. It's, uh, yeah. if, you, if you are listening and you haven't tried it, I suggest you just try those yeah, simple sure. movements. Like the no warm-up needed. No warm-up, just, just jump done. into it. And you actually, you'll, you'll probably yearn a little bit for some water because actually when you bring those hands yeah. over and try and pull, I remember the first time I was like, uh, the floor's not supposed to be quite as close as yeah. that. But mate, yeah, did, yeah. But how did you think of that? Is it something that you'd used before or? Um, I mean, I've done like similar variations of things like LYTPs right. people uh, I don't know explain that either you yeah. lie on your front you move your yeah. arms up and yeah. down different directions yeah, yeah. Um, just for like basically scapular health and stability right. um, so to speak so I've done different things like that and I wanted to come up with something that like one is a bit fun yeah. so people like it kind of catches on people yeah. enjoy doing it it's yeah. easy to do they can do it as a warm up yeah. um, and it just like brings in a few more elements right like a bit more shoulder endurance because you're you're potentially there holding yeah. it for a long time. Yeah. Um, there's like a bit of mental toughness as well. Yeah. It's like, it's a burn. Because yeah. um, you can push your limits. You can, exactly. Yeah. You can push harder than you yeah. think. Yeah. Right? Like someone will do it once, they'll do like a round unbroken. They'll do it again next week and they'll do like two or three rounds. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you can you can push hard. And I kind of, I, cool. I like that. What's the too. record? So, uh, the like record time. is actually Julie Avogad, mm-hmm. who she did, I think she did, I'm trying to remember now. She did five rounds unbroken. Wow. Um, and she was holding, I can't remember the weight of the plates. I mean, it's obviously super light, but she was holding fractional plates what? in her hands. Yeah. So five rounds. Yeah, but yeah. mate, you've seen the size of her shoulders. Yeah. It's just 30 like second hold yeah. and then 20, 20 Yeah, so 20, 20 in total, so 10 on each arm, yeah. 20 yeah. breaststroke, 20 reps up and down. Yeah. That's decent. So one round, round would at least yeah. take and like I, I don't think I could do that. 90 right, seconds. So yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe like 80 to 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like real. six. I mean, minutes. it obviously depends on the per- like. You can cheat the range of motion a bit and go faster, yeah, right? But yeah, it's yeah, such one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the first thing that everyone should do. So <laughs> what else do you recommend there? Um, the second thing, to be honest, not a, maybe not a specific movement, but just spend more time um, like on the equipment. Or if we take the rings as an example, yep. Like if you take ring muscle ups, everybody's trying to do a ring muscle up, but all these people can't do a ring swing properly, right? right? And that's the basis. That's the starting point of a muscle up where you develop the power and the kip. Yeah. Right, so just like spend time like learning to swing properly on the rings. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that you the more time you spend on the apparatus, the more comfortable like 
comfortable and confident you become yeah, absolutely. doing those movements. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that's a big one, like the ring swing. Yeah. Um, because it also hands over to other stuff, just yeah. the awareness of like the hollow and arch positions yeah. and how to use your body. And actually um, just lets your shoulders hang out a yeah, bit as well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I've seen some people try and jump up on the ring, like, you know, you know exactly. <laughs> There's multiple b- benefits. Yeah, 100%. And it hands Absolutely. over to lots of other yeah. movements, right? Which is important because, like you were saying, Marcus, it's in CrossFit, there's a, like hundreds of other things you need to do yeah. and work on, right? Yeah. So you don't always have the time in the day to. But you can you still talk right, to so. someone about what they did at the weekend whilst just swinging from a set yeah. of rings. Yeah. Like casually for 30 seconds, for example. You can be swinging next to each other. <laughs> yeah. You could do that. That'd be cute. Third one to round out, mate. What else would you uh, say? The third one, I would say, um, kind of dynamic core drills. Yeah. Right, so I think everybody can, like, get on the floor and find and hold a, an arch position or hollow position. Right. Right, that's not the problem, but it's when you add in a dynamic element, element so you start moving, basically. Yeah. But it all goes to pop, <laughs> right? Like, people lose their positions. Yeah. They don't, and they just don't have that awareness of finding that position, right? So if you, I can think loads of times I've recorded someone doing, let's say, a ring swing. Yeah. Um, and then I've like shown the video back and they're like kind of gobsmacked at their position. Right? They yeah, had no yeah, idea yeah. they thought they were in a great position. Right? But yeah. it's just that awareness. Um, yeah. And the way to do that is just, it's just core drills, right? So like hollow and arch positions, but just try and make it more dynamic. Right? Like do like rocks, hollow rocks, things like that. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a good thing we do usually at the beginning of the seminar um, where I get them to say hold a hollow position and I'll basically just lift their feet up so I'm lifting them off the floor they start to roll onto their shoulders like a shoulder stand yeah. Yeah. but they have to keep that hollow position right so they learn to feel what they need to do to keep that position without breaking at the hip without yeah. losing their core and, yeah. and those kind of things right. awesome mate that's uh, super I'll do one of three all, all three of them <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. Everyone should be doing it. It's super yeah, easy. It's super easy, like, though. Like and, and those three things you can incorporate effectively as a warm-up if you wanted yeah. to, right? It doesn't need yeah. to take more time, yeah. right? Yeah. No matter how good you are, you can always do more of that. Yeah. Like, and also, even, like, okay, if you don't have rings at home or you don't have something to hang from at home, just skip that one out. But the other two things, yeah. you, you can basically do at home. You can do anywhere. You can do in the hotel room. And yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things if people are traveling. We get a lot of people traveling yeah. and, you know, what can I do when I'm on the road? And it's like, well, why don't you just do this? And it won't take too long. Yeah. And it, it's nice and straightforward. Yeah. Very good. Have we hit pretty much everything in there, Dr. Dre? Uh, there's a few things missing, but we, we continue for hours about this. But, yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> how do people get in contact with you? Yeah. Um, so we have a website, which is just jackgymnastics.com. Yeah. Um, we have an Instagram account, which is where we do most of our social media. Yeah. Um, I mean, people on the website, people can sign up to the email subscriber list um, and they get newsletters and access to some of the posts before they come out okay um, and then yeah mainly Instagram right so just Jack Gymnastics no spaces underscores just anything bad. like that right? easy um, Jack and his yeah. gymnastics yeah. <laughs> mate that's super cool I think maybe get you back on in, in, in a few months and hear how that stuff very interested how the geeky stuff's going with, with, with yeah, Steve and great. a little bit more uh, I mean it's a nice overview there and some real specifics but I think a lot of people would learn a lot from, from another show so yeah definitely thank very you. good yeah thank yeah. you so much oh, thank you for having me cheers thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of the podcast folks and a massive thanks to Matt useful insights make sure you hop over to his website Instagram check, check him out Jacked Gymnastics and 
follows progress. If you're into the geeky stuff, that is certainly something for you. He really knows exactly what's going on, and they're playing with some good things to develop gymnastics that I'm sure you can take advantage of. Don't forget to hop over to iTunes, rate and view the podcast. We'll send you a goodie bag from Smith Street Paleo. If you've got any questions, winning at innerfight.com. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.